Welcome to Tales from the Orca, a film podcast starring T-Panda and the BFG. I'm T-Panda, and with me is the BFG himself. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing great, T-Panda. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, you know, can't complain. Yep. I still do, but I can't. <laughs> Nobody listens. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're right. Um, I've successfully edited the first couple of episodes of the podcast now and gotten them up by this time. And I've listened to them, and they're better than I thought. I agree. I, I listened better. to I listened to about an hour and a half of our first podcast, and other than the incoherent ums and uhs and likes and oohs and all those, I think uh, I think we did okay. Yeah, I have a couple alternate titles that we could have called the podcast. One could have been uh 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 because we say that a lot. We also <laughs> say cool a lot. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, which is not very descriptive, so we should be better with that. Uh, the other thing but we could have called... the things we are talking about are pretty cool. They are, and I At like to use cool mind. as a word. Yeah. I use it a lot, I, so I, I, I have respect well. for it. Um, the other thing... There was an um right there. Damn it. <laughs> the other thing is we could call it Joey's Never Seen Any Movies, because like <laughs> everything that you bring up is like, well, actually, I haven't seen that. Um, I have a good excuse for that, because... And this gets worse as I get older, but you know that that FOMO, fear of missing out? Yes. I have, like, fear of missing in, which is where, like, I'm afraid to watch a movie if I think it's going to waste my time because I don't want to invest my time in something that's not going to... I 100% agree to, with that, and that's how I feel about really shitty horror movies. Yeah. I don't like to go where everybody's like, oh, yeah, go see that movie, and I just say no because yeah. I, I don't want to invest my time if I know that it's not going to be good, which... Brings me back to one of the shit bombs from last year that I think you and I both wasted our time on, yes. which was Hereditary. And the people who love Hereditary will fight you in the street they if will. you say that. They people were going to come up to me after this and be like, "I am going to." I've called the cops on you for not liking Hereditary. <laughs> it was garbage. It was so it was bad. Just people staring into the distance forever, and that's not like how you create a mood. Like, and everybody talked about that movie like it was the next like exorcist or the next shining or yeah. something where it's just oh my gosh it was so good and i went to go see it and i wrote a review about it on facebook and everybody just just lashed out at well, me you didn't get it brian yeah it's just not for you apparently i didn't like, get it yeah. and i remember i remember even you you were kind of skeptical about it where you were just like oh i'll, I'll give it a chance and then yeah. you went to go see it and you were like you were so right yep, you were <laughs> you were right um yeah, it's just I don't know. It it just didn't do it for me. I have this theory with like I'm I'm a horror I'm probably a bigger horror movie fan than you are for sure. Um, for I'm, sure, I'm into it. My girlfriend likes it. We that's one of the reasons we got to know each other well was because we like to watch horror movies together. Right on. But um, I don't. I'm very picky with them. Okay. So a lot of them, if it's trash, I don't want to watch it. And if it's like indie horror, I'm like, uh, because there's this problem with current like indie horror movies where it's like a 30 minute idea that they've tried to draw out into a two hour long movie right where it's like oh you have a cool concept looks cool but like it doesn't pay off it doesn't pay off right. it's like, this would have been a great short film this would have been a great half hour episode of the twilight zone exactly or some kind of you know maybe like black mirror or something yep, like that exactly but it doesn't turn out to be a good movie or doesn't pay off well to be a good movie. Yeah. So, so. I'm 100% there with you. Yeah. Um, but anyway. But I'm, 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 yeah. I'm also there with you on the fact that I, I will not go see a movie if I don't think it's going to be worth my time. Yeah. And But you are much more like you watch movies all the time. And I, I don't do. watch movies all the time. Because I, tell, I, I tell you what. Also, I watched. The only reason I saw Hereditary was because I had MoviePass. 
Yeah, right. And it was one of those where I was like, yeah, I'll use the movie pass to go see it. RIP movie pass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's still out there. It's, it's just, still, yeah, no, no. It's, <laughs> it is not what it was. It is definitely not what it was. Uh, so, no, but that that was the only reason I saw Hereditary is because I had the movie pass and I was like, yeah, I'll take a chance on this because that would be nor- that would normally be a movie. Can't, can't talk right now. It Sorry. would normally be a movie that I would never see in theaters, but I did see it and everybody was talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, I usually I'm good for one or two horror movies a year, but Hereditary. I bet you know everybody just sucked hard on that dick, and uh, I, I bit, I bit hard. I, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy, and I'll then buy it just, it, yeah, nope, not good. Wooden performances, anyway. Uh, but I, I apologize, listeners, <laughs> that I have not watched a lot of movies. I'm going to use this podcast as an excuse to actually watch some things that I haven't watched. And you before, already have, but, you and already I have, have, I have. I've been. That's right. That's right. Um, have you seen anything recently, Brian? Uh, I watched. I started. Uh, for those of you that are also following me or uh, tuning into NoFelix.com, my film reviews uh, on the Oscars podcast or the Oscars uh, website that I'm I'm doing for uh, all Oscar movies. I watched my first movie of 1950 uh, this weekend, oh, okay. uh, Born Yesterday, with uh, William Holden and uh, Judy Holliday, and it was a uh, it, was, it was good. Um, I think more a, a singular performance by Judy Holiday. She she did a fantastic job. She won Best Actress for that movie for her performance. Uh, but overall, kind of not a very remarkable movie uh, in any other respects. I have uh, not heard of that. Yeah, it, it ever, was. So. It, it I think stereotypically set up, or it, it became the stereotype for kind of the dumb blonde turned smart. Uh, movie and Judy Holiday really kind of set that, but she won an Oscar for it because I think it was groundbreaking at the time in 1950. We would look back on it now and be like, "Oh, Judy Holiday, what are you doing?" <laughs> but she uh, she did a good job. William Holden, one of my favorite actors, kind of uh, subpar in that movie. Not really, that didn't really bring anything to the table. So, but that was that was what I saw recently. So that's cool. How about um, yourself? Yeah, I haven't. I can't. I can't point out anything i've watched this week yeah um, we've been watching twilight zone every week because it comes out and that's yeah. been really good yeah how, how is that i have not i have not seen any of it it's hit i mean it's like it's like the original series some of them are better than others but right. overall the quality is really good awesome. and they've got some really good actors in it and i think it does justice to the to the show it's definitely better than any of the other reboots they tried to do for okay. sure better than the yeah. what was it the 80s the 80s, they did 80s one they did uh 2000s one and then this really? i didn't know i didn't yeah, know about the 2000s one it was hosted by jason alexander i think <laughs> maybe <laughs> george I on, seinfeld <laughs> i think it was on fox too which is weird because it's a cbs property but um yeah it didn't last very long and they actually did like a sequel to one of the original episodes okay. on that that was supposed to be good that I never watched, but the rest of it was supposed to not be very good. But anyway, okay. that's what I have watched. Um, I can't remember if I watched any films this week or not. But, you saw um, one last night, didn't you? I did see one. Thanks for reminding me. So the one of my favorite places in town is Flying Machine Brewery. Shout out Flying Machine. Uh, I do a lot of stuff, work with them, DJ-wise and, and et cetera. But they do this uh, Monday night movies there. They have a big screen projector. Is that um, every Monday projector. night they do something? Yeah, they're, doing, nice. they're doing movies every Monday night, and they're actually licensing them and like doing it properly. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, awesome. it's, it's legit. And uh, last night was Jaws. They did Jurassic Park the first Monday, and then did Jaws last night. And even though I've seen Jaws within the last like six months, I think, right. I was like, I'm going to go see it on the big screen. This How big is nice. the screen they got out there? It's a decent size. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's like a art house theater size okay, screen. Right um, the seating is like not the, it's not stadium seating or anything. So you're <laughs> kind of just turning your bar stool around, but it's like perfect. Me, for, me being six, seven, I have stadium seating no matter what. So. <laughs> right, yeah. But it was awesome to see it on the big screen. Um, it, you know, it's like, 
great movie to watch like that because um, yeah, there's so many oohs and ahs and things to like yeah, point I saw out. It when it came to the point uh, when it did the throwback cinema. Yeah, uh, at our local, all our local movie yep, theater does yep. the throwbacks, and I did not go see it, but I thought about going to it, and then and I was regretted not. But that movie is still great. It like, holds it's up so good. I'm so glad well I had it in my top ten. About. I'm yes. so proud of it. Um, Both of us. And it's such a weird movie, like we talked about before, but it's like two movies in one. My friend Joey, shout out fake Joey. Uh, so he was <laughs> like, yeah, it's almost like two movies like um, how uh, Full Metal Jacket is. Full Metal Jacket is totally two different movies. Yeah, but Jaws is in a similar way too, where it's like the first half before they get on the boat and all the lead up is this right. one film about like interpersonal town politics and yes. like hysteria and people, and then they get on the boat and it's this whole other film, mm-hmm. and that's the, the real juicy that, part. Is oh the boat, yeah, that, right. That, that's so the best part of the that's movie, the, and that is almost like a stage play. It's like the first part of the movie is like a movie, and then you get on the boat and it's like a stage play. Where's that high school play? Yeah, where, exactly. where's where's the Somebody second half of Jaws as a high school play? Like if you're gonna do yeah. Alien, Jaws would be your production value would not it wouldn't cost you a lot no just get yeah. you know just get a high school kid drunk and <laughs> don't do that <laughs> let him let him walk around on stage and, yeah. uh, with a with a fake shark <laughs> yeah It'd be great um who, who it, would get, like would you cast the shark would somebody be the somebody shark? would probably have to be the shark <laughs> somebody would at least have to like pull the ropes to pull the shark onto the stage or whatever but yeah it was it was awesome to watch on the big screen and um I don't know. It was this just fun? I was excited. That's I awesome. To see it, so. uh, that that I bet that was a pretty cool environment to just kind of check that out into. It was, yeah. And it, there's a bunch of my friends were there, and yeah, it was fun. That's what it's about. Um, but movies, movies are definitely a shared experience. I they did are. Go, I did go see Avengers Endgame uh, recently because it came out, and I haven't had a chance to see it yet. So no <coughs> I'm not. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm not going to spoil it for you. But uh, that was definitely fun to see in a packed theater. Yeah, I, uh, everybody had a good time. I regretted not seeing it this weekend, but we just had a crazy weekend, so I was not able to get out there. It's all good. But I'm going to see it eventually. Um, so Brian, this and we're umming a lot we are umming a lot mm. we'll work on also it. the the episode number two i said like like about fifty thousand times it sounds like <laughs> i have a nervous tick and i don't know why because i don't think i say it regularly but i think it was tired or something but anyway apologize for that too but getting into the topic this week this week's topic is uh our top five movies about music I pitched this to Brian and he was like, well, what is the criteria for that? <laughs> and think, what did I send you? I sent you like almost famous to, uh, and, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody like, yeah, done. Yeah. I was like, no, there's so many more movies about music. <laughs> uh, I wound up coming up with the criteria that if it could conceivably play on VH one's movies that rock, which was the VH one's weekly series where they would play a movie then it would count for this. And I so. think that uh, all of these, I think, but one of these for me would play, would, would fit that criteria. Okay. So yeah. M- one of mine's a little loose, yeah. a little loose, yeah. but I figure it's the right, I figure it's okay to break the rule since Brian often has two to three films on each level for his. And, and I probably will, has again, it again today, I, I will so. have one tonight. Absolutely. I'm more of a purist that thinks the top five <laughs> list is actually five movies, not six or seven, but <laughs> well, you know, I, I, yeah. I just, I've Here seen so many movies and you haven't. So that's right. So you got to pack, you got to rub it in. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, I'm going to start with the honorable mention. I only have one for this. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, Oliver Stone's The Doors. Okay. Uh, almost made my top five, but like, I think the problem is, is that over the years I have liked The Doors less and less, and I think that they are overrated as a band. I feel the same way about The Doors. I, I enjoy The Doors music. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, it's totally fine, but I'm not swept up in it like people who were of that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel the same way about The Rolling Stones. 
Yeah, and I love the Rolex stunts. So. And, and, and don't get me wrong, yeah. I, I think what they've done in their output is fantastic. Right. But overall, I'm not enamored by the Rolling Stones like some people are, or, mm-hmm. the, or the Beatles. And I think that that's just more of a generational thing. Uh, it is becoming more, a lot of people are like not liking the Beatles less right. and less, which I love the Beatles too. So it's, which, by know, the way, I'm really interested to see... Uh, the that new movie coming out yesterday have you seen previews for that yeah where it's like the world has forgotten the beatles exist or something except for the one the guy, guy like and he yeah, knows all the beatles songs, the beatles songs yeah, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested to see that but uh i am not i'm not yeah totally so, enamored but so the, continue, the doors continue. the doors is like i like the performances val Kilmer's great as oh my Jim gosh, morrison unreal and uh there's a great scene um where talk about movies and music uh music and movies there's a scene where he gets on the elevator with Andy Warhol, and a, I think Crispin Glover plays Andy Warhol I in think, that film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I know that, but <laughs> um, trivia host here. And uh, I think the the Velvet Underground's heroine's playing at that moment. Okay, and it's like one of my favorite Velvet Underground songs. And so also Kyle MacLachlan playing Raymond's Eric. Yeah, For, yeah. It took me the whole movie to realize. Uh huh. It's like that fucking Paul Atreides. Okay. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. worth checking out. It's, yeah, it's, it's not. It's, it's not the best Oliver Stone film. But was it? Was it Meg decent. Ryan? Meg Ryan was yeah. uh, the girl mm-hmm. in, in that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't think that uh, anybody could play Jim Morrison better than '90s Val Kilmer. Yeah, because he was just. I mean, he, he was, was he, Jim yeah. Morrison. All right. So I also have a, mo- a one honorable mention, and uh, that is going to be uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. It is. Uh, it is definitely a movie. Parodying uh, Walk the Line, which was that Johnny Cash movie, with, and uh, several other biopics. Several like other biopics. It is the music biopic parody film for like sure. Yeah. And uh, but all the songs in it are original. Mm-hmm. They wrote all the songs for the movie, and they absolutely slay me with their lyrics, uh, especially "Let's Duet." <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've heard that one yeah, or not. But I've seen the movie. I've yeah, yeah. It. And uh, that's one of Tim. Tim Meadows is one of my all-time favorite just comedic actors in general. Yeah. Uh, I, I cannot tell you how many times my friends and I in high school watched the ladies man, uh, the <laughs> movie that came out based on his character in SNL. Yep. But, uh, Tim Meadows and walk hard, just absolutely unreal. Hilarious. You don't want none of this shit, do we? And you know, I think I do want some of that stuff. And it just, Oh my gosh. So good. Yeah. That movie's well regarded amongst critics too. Cause it shows up on lists about best. Uh, when I was doing some research on this, right. to try to like, as we do look up what other people had as their, their favorite, <clears throat> movies it shows up on a lot of lists yeah i i i think it does a good job of not only parroting movies but also parroting time periods and because if you look at like you know it starts in like 50s rock and roll and then it moves into like 60s psychedelic and then 70s punk and they all had they all every every era of music for the last 60 years has kind of had its uh parody in that movie yeah and uh if nothing else just to hear uh john c Riley. Uh, sing like Bob Dylan, and, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that was that was pretty funny to me. So because I'm not a big Bob Dylan Bob Dylan fan, me either. So, um, anyway, uh, that's my honorable mention. Walk hard, the Dewey Cox story. I remember being in a theater watching that in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, and uh, <laughs> went to go see it. There were like maybe eight people in the theater, and four of them yeah. were my students. And they're like, "Who is this asshole laughing so hard?" And then we got up out of the theater, and they were like, "Oh, oh it's of you. course it's him." <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, my number five on my list, this is my one that's tenuously connected to music, okay. but I think it still counts, uh, is the 1999 film Go. Oh, Have yeah. Have seen that? Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, whew, man, been a long time. Jay Moore. Yeah, Jay and, Moore's uh, in it. Um, Kelly, or not Kelly, but... Uh, Sarah Polly. 
Okay. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes, that's right. Timothy Oliphant is the drug dealer in it and that's does right. a great job in it. And, and the great Scott, Scott Wolf. Scott Wolf. That's what I was just thinking. Scott Wolf. Party of Five is in it. <laughs> uh, it's directed by Doug Lyman, who directed Swingers, okay. which is a fantastic movie. Excellent and movie. And one of my favorites. And it's uh, it was really, it was kind of a cult classic at the time. It was, I mean, it was released. It was right. it came out, but like it, it, it caught on like on DVD and things. I remember being younger like I was not of the age to see it when it came out, but I remember it being a big deal. Like all the like everybody was talking about it who was a few years older than me, and I remember yeah. that being a thing. So, it but was, I, I've seen it since, and but it's been a long time. Yeah, I was in college it. at the time, and it was like it was a f- movie that we all liked. And right. So it's structured. I would say it's a Pulp Fiction clone. Okay. Because yeah. it is structured, yep. the, it uses the out of time sequencing to tell the and story. Connected storylines and, and, and all these connected storylines, and it's told out of sequence, like Pulp, Pulp Fiction is. It's obviously influenced by it, uh, but it 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 uh, has to do with rave culture, uh, which was blowing up, at the, or we thought it was going to blow up at the time in '99, <laughs> and then it took 20 more years before it actually like became a mainstream thing. But it's about you know it has DJs and things in it, but the main conceit of the story is the Sarah Polly's character. Um, she winds up with this ecstasy that she has to sell to try to make her rent and hijinks ensue trying to sell this ecstasy they've also i think at some point in time they take some of the ecstasy so there's this like sort of trippy aspect to the film too but most of the movie takes place at a rave or involved with going to this rave or leaving this rave parking lot yeah they're like like the parking lot leaving the the rave or going to the rave or in the rave and it has you know that's how it connected to the soundtrack it has a lot of the I feel like there were a lot of movies that came out in the late 90s that were similar to that where like another one I remember watching was uh, 200 cigarettes. Did you ever see that one? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like Dave Chappelle yep. was the cab driver. That was like set on New Year's Eve or yeah. something. Yeah. I think. New Year's yeah. Eve. But they, like everywhere they went, it was always like a really cool song and yeah. you know, uh, had a had a good soundtrack for that. It's uh, it, I mean, yeah, it has that sort of MTV films mm-hmm. uh, formula to it. If right. you ever seen any of the MTV films are kind of like that way, you know, yep. done that way with a lot of obviously driving the music. But it's got uh, bands like I think the Chemical Brothers and uh, Fat Boy Slim and right. artists of that ilk. Uh, Crystal Methods probably got a song on that soundtrack. <laughs> like everybody that was big at the time in DJ culture. I love movies about rave culture anyway, so it was like right up my alley. Can't be a lot and, of those, right? Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of them. There's probably like ten or so that yeah. are like yeah. worth watching. And this is my favorite of that style film, okay. and it's it's a good watch. Um, All right, really well written. But. All right, so I'm going to start my list by being non-conventional once again, and uh, just say that uh, it's it's more in a re- in reality it is kind of a trilogy because <laughs> now you're outdoing yourself three films three three yeah, films okay. in one spot yeah uh, John Carney uh, has directed three films that are all about music they feature music and just have great musical scenes in them uh, Once Begin Again and Sing Street I don't know if you've seen any of those. No, but I'm familiar with Once. Okay. Uh, he directed all three. Okay. And the first one was Once, then Begin Again, then Sing Street. Uh, is he Irish? I, he is, I believe. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's Irish. And the Once is definitely set in Ireland. Okay, and, yeah, that's uh, what Begin I Again, Begin Again was a weird second feature with him where you know mark ruffalo plays a music producer who's uh kind of down on his luck and finds this talent in kira knightley and okay they, they go around uh la and film that was on some of the list yeah, i was looking yeah, at yeah and uh so once though going back to that is uh it's a very simple film all the songs in it are performed by the two main actors in the in the film uh glenn hansard uh. and uh marketa erglova is are the two 
Uh, they just play guy and girl. They have no names in the in the film. I think that they won an Oscar for some of that. I think performance it best work uh, best original song. I think, I think, so. I think they performed it together on they the, did on the they Oscars did. that year. And uh, yeah. it was it was a, just a beautiful movie. That movie might have been nominated for best picture that year too. It maybe? was not. No. no. Okay. Nope. <clears throat> But it definitely was mentioned a lot of the Oscars. Yes, that it, year, it, so. it was it was a big deal because it was one of those things that you know nobody should have seen, but everybody ended up. It, it was the critical darling of uh, of the Oscars that right know, that that year. <clears throat> but uh, they they come together, and it's just about this nice, beautiful little story between a man and a woman, and they bond over music and have this moment and these these moments captured in time and live through those songs in about a week in time is what they what they filmed that movie in uh, and uh, they have that little moment together and then it's the the, the theme that kind of runs through all three of them is that like it's the healing power of music mm-hmm. and how whether you're going through loneliness depression uh you know just kind of a rough patch it, whether it's you know you could be like in once it's all about being broken up uh, begin again, same sort of deal. In Sing Street, it's all about dealing with how can I get a girl or how can I get people to notice me, and they use music to to kind of influence that. And all three of these movies just have, they all have original songs. They all have, and I think they're all written by John Carney or at least contributed to them. And Sing Street was one of those where I saw it. I knew it was directed by John Carney, but I did not realize just how good and fun of a movie it was. And I ended up watching gotcha. it, and that was a really cool movie that I saw. Uh, I got it in a box set with uh, with some other movies that I bought, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I know John Carney. He did once." And then I watched Sing Street, and it was fantastic. So, cool. uh, you would, know the chronological order on those films? Yeah, it's uh, once was 2007, Begin Again was 2013, and Sing Street came out in 2016. Okay, so, yeah, uh, I would recommend watching them in that order. All right, as well. Not I, that not that you need to see I, one to see the yeah. others, but uh, I definitely I would, need to check out once. Um, and if I like it, I'll keep going on through this. Yeah, so. yeah it's uh, so that's that's my cheating uh, number five. But everything else is singular. Okay, unlike last time where I had kind uh, of I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number four is a 2014 film directed by Bill Pollard. Pol- Pollard. Uh, you and I have the same movie. He's here. mostly a producer, but he directed one film, Love and Mercy. I, that's yeah. Is it no, your number four? That's my number four. Okay, well, we can talk about it jointly. Then. Awesome. That's, that awesome. hasn't happened yet. I figured it would at some point in time. <clears throat> uh, it tells the story of Brian Wilson, the genius behind the Beach Boys. Yes. Uh, he's much greater than the Beach Boys, actually. Like oh, bigger. Yeah. Like it just this this amazing artist. An unreal, unreal amount of talent in one person. Yeah, so much talent he can't couldn't handle it and mm-hmm. had a lot of mental breakdowns over the years and has had a lot of struggles with mental health issues. And this film chronicles his life both in the early days and later on in his life. It kind of parallels right. two different eras. And it's just one little sliver of both of those eras of his life. Yeah, it's, it, it, it doesn't really tell a complete story about Brian Wilson, so don't go into this movie thinking that you're going to get the, the life story of Brian no, Wilson. It's a small film, I would say. Mm-hmm. I, if you could categorize films as small or epic, it's, it's hour, a very small hour and 40 film. minutes, somewhere Yep. Yeah, I would say that's probably about the time. And it has uh, John Cusack plays the older Brian Wilson and Paul, Paul Dano. Dano plays younger brian wilson they're both really good in it excellent and the yeah the acting is great and you know it's not a perfect film but it's really well crafted well crafted well well done i really liked the the musical scenes that they had 
in set in the '60s when they're filming or when they're recording Pet Sounds. Yeah, that and, that is the number one thing you should watch it for. Pet Sounds is like one of the greatest albums of all time and one very of my favorite albums for the time. And it's yes. also, I think, one of the top ten albums ever made. Me too. And um, I've argued before that it might be the best album of all time, but it influenced the Beatles and a lot of other people, and it was ahead of its time. And the Beach Boys, the other Beach Boys, were like, "This is garbage. Yeah. What is this?" Yeah. And uh, a lot, you know, it wasn't a commercial success, but it's like this masterwork of production and the scenes where they show him putting that together and he's doing all these crazy things with instruments like dropping screws on piano strings yeah. to get he's these sounds with like didgeridoos and uh, yeah you know just kind of crazy instruments in the recording studio it, watching that gives you a feeling of like a little bit of what his genius was in that and how miraculous it was that that album was made and it could never be recreated you could say hey go here's Ten million dollars go make pet sounds. Right. You could not make it again because of the way it was done. Nope. It is so weird and avant garde. And uh, but, but yeah, I mean, you just, got God, God only knows off that album. Yeah. Right. Yep. Which uh, Paul McCartney says is, is the greatest song ever written. Sloop John B. Yep. Was on pet sounds, mm -hmm. and uh, the title so, track. Like yeah, yeah. Some some of the best uh, some of the best songs that the Beach Boys ever recorded. I think. Yep. And it's so like it's not a Beach Boys album really. It's a Brian Wilson album. It really is. And, but then you get the kind of antithesis of all that where uh, you go flash forward to the 80s after yeah. he's, and, and you, you start to see him crack, you know, spoilers, but not really. I mean, that's kind of what you're seeing is you start to see the veneer crack a little bit on his uh, life in general. Yeah, and it's about people taking advantage of him, mm -hmm. which is a thing. It's just a tragic story of his life that people in his life, his father and later on this father figure, which was his manager, right. took advantage of him and stunted his growth in a lot of ways. So he's and a very well-adjusted individual. A very understated performance by uh, Elizabeth Banks. Yes, she's fantastic. She plays, uh, she plays kind of his girlfriend in the in the 80s when he's trying to mm -hmm. uh you know get, sort of get back on his get feet back on his feet and, a little bit in the 80s get his, get his mojo back but yep. yeah it's a it's a cool movie the acting's great in it and um yeah i really like it a lot yeah so. I, I it's amazing we both had that at number yeah. four <laughs> but when i was making a list today i said it was one of those movies that somebody had recommended to me a few years ago and i watched it and i was like oh my gosh this is fantastic same here shout out to my friend lauren who told me i should watch uh, it my I friend did. lynn so, my friend lynn he yeah. told me to watch it so met yeah. lynn before <laughs> cool Right on. All right. So that was both our number fours. So I'll go ahead and say my number three. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to go. We're, we'll, we'll switch gears here and go number three. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Amadeus. Okay. Amadeus is, uh, is my number three there. Best what, picture winner, right? Best picture winner. 1984. Four. Okay. Four was the best picture winner. Uh, directed by Milos Forman, uh, same guy that did uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and The People vs. Larry Flint. And uh, Man on the Moon, which is, uh, That's I right. think, an underrated film. I agree. Of his. I agree. Uh, another underrated Jim Carrey performance. Yeah. Uh, as the day of this recording, uh, we also happened to see the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer that came out today, and he plays uh, Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so hopefully Jim Carrey's maybe this is a stopgap for him and he's on to bigger and better things uh, it's this, like the revival of 90s Jim Carrey and I'm not sure that that's like the, where we need to be going right, right we, now we Jim, need like early 2000s Jim Carrey yeah uh, so exactly uh, but I'm gonna go Amadeus uh, Tom Hulse and uh, F. Murray Abraham absolutely unbelievable in this movie uh, F. Murray Abraham won the best actor Oscar for this movie did he go on to do anything else after this uh, Scarface <laughs> he was in Scarface he's but... the guy that got dropped out of the helicopter in Scarface alright uh, and he's been in 
He's been a lot of other things, small roles. Just like smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah small okay. stuff. But I don't ever remember him being in a movie bigger than Amadeus than or being in a role as equal to Amadeus. Well, this is going to come as a shock, but I've never seen Amadeus before. Oh, man. So. man. Um, I, you know, I, but I it, will it, watch it. It's one of those movies I've known about. I knew it was a big deal when it won you know, the Academy right. Award and everything. I, so. I watched this movie. I think I saw Amadeus when I was maybe like between freshman and sophomore year of college. And my buddy Matt had recommended it to me, and I was actually spending a week. Uh, here's my, you know, super white upper middle class bullshit uh, lifestyle, right? Like I'm staying at his beach house, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, so I'm staying at his beach house, and uh, I was just looking for a movie to watch, and he had it. That's back when we still had like DVDs in the CD carrying cases that you would bring to places, and uh, before digital movies were everywhere, you could just bring them with you wherever right. you went. And uh, so he had he had a copy of Amadeus, and I watched it on my computer. Uh, wow! In bed as I'm, you know, it's, it's like two and a half hour movie that I stayed up yeah. till like three o'clock in the morning watching. Wow! Uh, after we'd already hung out and played cards and hung out all night anyway, and uh, watched Amadeus, and it absolutely blew me away. And there's so many cool scenes in that movie. There's so many good little moments. And Tom Hulse, who, if you guys don't know, Tom Hulse was in uh, Animal House. That's probably like the other big movie. Uh, that you, he played uh, Pinto in Animal House. He was the one that hooked up with uh, the dean's daughter. Okay. Uh, yeah. Or not the dean's daughter, but uh, like the mayor's daughter, the one that had yeah. like one boob and the other one was stuffed up her bra kind of thing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> she, he, uh, he plays Amadeus. He plays Mozart. And then F. Murray Abraham plays uh, Salieri, who is the uh, kind of head composer of the Austrian uh, ruler. And so he played by Jeffrey James, uh, I think is Jeffrey Jones. He played the principal in um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I think it's Jeffrey Jones is that guy's name. Okay. Principal Rooney in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Is that the guy that got in a bunch of legal trouble for? Maybe. I don't. I don't. I, I don't want to besmirch his name. No, 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 no. no. I, 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 I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure about his legal trouble, okay. troubles. But Jeffrey Jones, I think, is his name. Okay. And um, so anyway, he he plays uh, the arch or plays the the ruler of Austria, and Salieri becomes very jealous of Mozart because he has this natural ability and this natural talent that's you know, music just flows through his head. Right. And, uh, and and it's all about their rivalry that they had and unreal. Ephraim Abraham totally deserves the Oscar because he was just fantastic in that role uh, as an older uh, the, the the end scene of that movie just blows you away where you're, you you can't believe that you just watched that whole movie and then he has uh, just a little scene there at the end as F. Murray Abraham is an older man that just is awesome so I'll have to check it out yeah it's Amadeus best picture winner and uh, also an excellent set of no offense. Uh, this is all about we're 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 one hundred percent equal rights here on uh, on the podcast, but just an excellent set of boobs in that movie. Oh from, yeah, from boob shot. Yeah, boob great shot. great boob yeah. shot in that movie from one of the characters. So, gotcha. uh, fantastic. I will always give a shout out to some grade A boob boob <laughs> shots in film. <laughs> that needs to be another podcast. Is like best <laughs> best top ten, top best, five. Be, top, top, top yeah. five boob shots in films. You know. All right, my number three is probably, I'm going to guess that this is on your list too, but don't spoil it and tell okay. me. So right. don't admit to it if right. it is. But right. my number three, you mentioned it earlier, is the 2000 film Almost Famous, okay. uh, Cameron Crowe vehicle. Uh, I really like Cameron Crowe's work. Um, I think that he, I compare him a lot to Richard Richard Linklater right. uh, in the way that he they both make characters that you want to hang out with. Right. Um, 
Like I love Jerry Maguire by Cameron Cameron Crowe. Jerry Maguire is probably my least favorite Cameron Crowe film. Yeah, I just and like that's mainly that's not anything because of him. That's just because I really despise Renee Zellweger in that movie. Yeah, and I don't have that sort of hatred of her that a lot of people do for that. But um, I. I was go- my friends were going to see some shitty horror film and I was like that Jerry Maguire film looks cool and it's I tell you like, what I tell you what looks good is that Tom Cruise flick yeah I'm gonna see Tom Cruise um, but yeah anyway like he creates these characters like everybody even everybody in Jerry Maguire other than like uh, Jay Moore's character is like right. kind of warm and like inviting and yes kind of like positive in a way like even you Cuba Gooding Jr.'s wife in that movie played, yeah uh, I can't remember the actress that plays her but there's uh, a humanity to all, to the, all characters the characters yes. that is like warm and 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 it makes you it doesn't make you feel bad to watch a camera crow mm-hmm. movie in yeah. general um but i think we had said the same thing about uh drugstore cowboy uh but that was gus van sant kind of yeah but similar feel vibe. yeah characterization yep. similar yep. in that yep. way but anyway almost famous is a 2000 film uh a lot of people have seen it it's been all over netflix etc uh, it's about it's a kind of semi-autobiographical of Cameron Crowe's rise from right. a teenager who loved music to becoming a Rolling Stone writer at a young age and going on tour with yeah, he really Led Zeppelin that, and a bunch of bands. The yeah, Eagles. Led, Led Zeppelin was the band that he was supposed to be comparing to Stillwater. Yeah, that's yeah. the sort of analog to that. And it's about his interaction with all these characters. Kate Hudson's in it and uh she's really great in it she's the, the i guess the female lead yes. and billy crudup's in it as the lead singer of the no, still water right uh lead singer no, he's jason, not jason lee is yeah. the lead singer but he's, he's like the, the he's like the he's the lead the, he's the lead guitar player lead guitar player and kind of the sex the, icon of the band the leader of the yeah. band yeah and jason lee before jason lee went off the deep end um, yeah. <laughs> and he's fantastic in it before this, my name is earl fame uh <laughs> philip seymour hoffman as lester banks uh, lester banks, lester banks. actual care like actual real life person is it bangs or banks bangs i think i think lester banks. Banks. Yeah, yeah bangs yeah um and yeah it's just a cool movie and it tells just this life on the road of this kid that's gotten wrapped up and going on tour with yeah who was the kid who was the, the actor world. that played the kid oh it's uh patrick fugit patrick fugit yeah. that's right uh, another saved was the other one that he was in around the same time. Okay, yeah, uh, that was that was actually he, pretty, he pretty, had a couple he had a good, movies he had a good there. He's there. probably still in stuff every once in a while. He was in a like war a, movie that I saw not too long ago. I can't remember what it was, but he, he's great in almost famous as this wide-eyed, like naive, yeah, kid that Francis McDormand also, by the way, is his mom. Yes. Uh, where you're like rock stars have kidnapped my son. <laughs> yeah, and Francis McDormand is f- just fantastic in everything that she's, she's in. Amazing. I love her. She's Fargo. a treasure. Um, and so, Excellent. yeah. And also Mark Maron in it um, in a small role as a promoter. And if you've ever listened to Mark Maron's podcast, he uh, opens it with a quote of him going, lock the gates. And that's from that movie where they're oh, trying okay. to leave and yeah, he's yeah, trying to yeah, lock yeah, the gates yeah. so they don't leave for some reason. Um, also, anyway, a little trivia for you. A on it. very early role, maybe, the, maybe one of the first cinematic roles for uh, Jimmy Fallon. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he yeah. played the uh, the second manager that they tried to bring in. Yeah, and okay. uh, tried to put him on the plane, and uh, they all get into, they all ended up getting on the plane and uh, having that experience on the plane. Yeah, and they blamed him for that, so they fired him. And yeah, then they brought what was the name of the bus? Okay. Yeah, I Dolores? remember now. Dolores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dolores. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, so they brought him, uh, or they they fired him and brought back the the English guy that played in who he was in Game of Thrones, but uh, the guy that cut off Jamie's hand. Spoiler alert. Yeah, right. Sorry. Yeah, listen. Yeah, I need to go back and watch it again because it's been a, been a while since I've seen it. But. That, oh, uh, yeah, he was um, 
Petrofugit was in First Man. That's what I remember okay. seeing. Yeah, he was in uh, that with Ryan Gosling. So yeah, um, the almost famous one uh, best screenplay at the screenplay. Academy Awards yeah. that year. Uh, I thought it had been nominated for Best Picture, but it was not. It was and not. it was the year that was one of my m- most angry. Uh, results from the Academy Awards was Gladiator, Gladiator winning over picture. Traffic because I think Traffic traffic, yeah. traffic is fantastic. It's such an awesome film. One Steven of the Soderbergh. rare instances as well. Soderbergh got nominated for Traffic and Aaron Brockovich in the same year. Yeah, for Best Director. Yeah, and he, won, he, won, he won for Traffic, but lost mm-hmm. Best Picture. He did, but lost. But and that, that was one of the first times I think that the, the director had not won. If he not won the, director, not the first time, but it was it was definitely a rare occurrence. Rare occurrence that the, the director it usually when the director wins. It yeah, it does. Now, After that, it did. Yes, yes. But it was a stat line then that mm-hmm. most of the time when the director wins. The movie also wins. And Traffic's a way better film than Gladiator. Oh, easily. Gladiator's fine. It's like trashy bubblegum. Swords and know, sandals. Popcorn movie. But just not. Just the the weakest of those nominees that year, I think. So. I agree. I agree. And of course it won. But anyway. So that's my number three. Because apparently we were not entertained enough. I, yeah. I was, are you not moderately entertained? <laughs> <clears throat> All right, Brian. What's your are number three? Are you not moderately entertained by this sepia tone film (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) all right so uh my number three i we're 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 kind of in kismet tonight is almost famous okay or that was my number two i guess it was my number two right what are you on to number two yeah Yeah, my number three was number two was was almost famous okay uh so once again just reiterating everything that we've just talked about uh I got to give a shout out to my uh, my my good buddy Casey. Uh, He 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 was the he and I both commiserated uh, when we started watching Kevin Smith films and stuff together. Uh, But Almost Famous was one of those movies where he and I were talking about it. I had seen it, right, and I absolutely despised it at the time. Really, his 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 love of Almost Famous got me to rewatch Almost Famous. Yeah, in a different light. And it, it it just opened up so many more awesome things where I was like, okay, I appreciate it. So shout out to my buddy Casey, who is uh, 100% the man that turned me around on Almost Famous and why I love it today. Because without him, I probably would still be here and be like, fuck Almost Famous. Fuck that movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a happy movie. Like if you're in a bad mood and you want to watch something that's not going to make you feel worse, watch Almost Famous. Almost Famous is definitely a celebrates, life Yeah, celebrates music and art and writing and um, yeah, it's just... Yep, it's a good just movie. Great movie, and I th- Cameron Crowe had, had a really solid run. Yeah, I think uh, you know, say anything, and then he did uh, singles. Singles was mm-hmm. another good one. Uh, I'm missing one there. Uh, before Jerry Maguire, he made another one. I think too. Did he, he did Vanilla Sky at some point in time, right? Yeah, that was. I think film. it was after was, Almost Famous. Yeah, that one's pretty dark. That's like one of his Vanilla few Sky, like, dark yeah. films. But I feel like I feel like there's one in there that we're missing. Yeah, but, I think uh, we are. He, he had another one that was like early '90s kind of grunge. I'll have to look that up, but yeah, uh, yeah, no. Cameron Crowe definitely hits hits all the right notes when it comes to you know. I mean, if we did if we did a uh, best mu- music moments in film, Cameron Crowe has at least two of mine. Right. Yeah, I, I can agree with that for 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 his movies. So uh, and almost famous when they sing Tiny Dancer. Tiny bus, Dancer. I like, mean, like that. That's that's, that's, that's probably the scene that everybody knows. Yeah, and it is still even today gives me goosebumps when I watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's just the, this moment with all these people together. They're like gone through all this drama together and stuff but for a moment they're just enjoying their time no it's cool it was uh say anything to singles to jerry Maguire. so okay and then almost famous and then vanilla sky and then vanilla sky okay and then elizabeth town 
Uh, yeah, polarizing <laughs> movie. I know some people that love I've Elizabeth Town. I've, I've never I seen it. I know some people that love that movie, but it's not very well regarded. Also, he did that. His most recent thing was like Aloha or something. Oh, and I heard that was terrible, uh, like good. really bad. Not good. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what wasn't terrible, though, was the, uh, We Bought a Zoo. He, 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 <laughs> yeah, he directed yeah. that. That was not terrible. <laughs> All right. Uh, That's the one that um they, they always give Jimmy Fallon or... Uh, What's his name? Gives Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel goes shit for Matt Damon. Matt Damon yeah, yeah. Shit for that movie. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, what's your number two, Joey? My number two is this one's probably on your list as well, but it may not be. Is uh, the 2000 film based on the Nick Hornby novel High Fidelity? High Fidelity was one that I definitely considered. Okay, but it is not on my list, and I, I wanted to put it on there, but I also thought I was like, well, Almost Famous kind of really covers all the same things that I love about high fidelity okay. as well. I got you. Uh, and, and same thing with like once and begin again with the relationship aspects of things where mm-hmm. you don't like, I, I would hundred percent. I'm sure you're, you were probably going to, I just don't want to steal your thunder. Continue. We'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll talk about it. We'll talk high about fidelity. It. it tells a story in another John Cusack, John Cusack John showing Cusack, up on my list twice. Always. So, um, and also another movie from, it seems like all these films that I've picked except for love and mercy have been from uh, around 2000. So, yeah. um, good time for music movies, I guess, but it tells the story of this, John Cusack is this persnickety record store owner. Right. And it's the, it's funny because this movie would like, would play perfectly today. It probably still does because like, I feel like the record store is more, is more prominent now than it was in 2000. The hipster record store. He Mm -hmm. owns this hipster record store and it's very like, he has this staff that includes Jack Black, which that was, I think, his breakout movie. It was before it was like at prior this prior to School of Rock. Perfect moment before they tried to force Jack Black as a leading man on yes, us. Yes, Jack Black is fantastic as a supporting character. A Cosby sweater. A Cosby sweater. <laughs> well, that's aged interestingly too. Yes, wow, yes. But uh, yeah, that one, he, and he's like, "Why are you making us listen to this sad bastard music <laughs> on on money?" Yeah. And then he puts Katrina and the waves on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he plays this uh, this. Annoy, he plays the annoying record store guy that talks shit about you for picking out certain albums yeah. or liking certain bands that he doesn't think are cool. But then listens and to, you know, Pet Shop Boys. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, it, and he's just so good in it. And his foil in that is the 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 uh, clerk Dick, played by Todd Lucio. Lucio, yeah. Who also just was on um, Silicon Valley. I hadn't seen him in a long time. Anything, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he was I, on Silicon I, Valley last recently, season. Last, last season, season. I, I, it's been a couple seasons since I've okay. uh, seen him. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, the, and he's this kind of like deadpan, you know, guy very, that very like into, uh, like you could tell he was big into the Smiths. Exactly, and <laughs> and Jack Black's character makes fun of him all the time, and Jack Black makes fun of all the the customers that come in and anyway that they're just the side characters the main story is about john cusack's character and he's kind of a shithead in his personal life he is. Um, he's not the best romantically uh you know ethical person and it's sort of like his struggle to kind of come to grips with why he is the way he is and, and dealing with his breakups and relationships and yeah uh, brought an interesting uh point of view to categorization i am a big categorizer I, I i like to put stuff in their place where it belongs uh all of my movies are alphabetized yeah. in mm-hmm. my in my apartment right now uh however one of the cool things i really took away from that movie was categorizing things autobiographically 
and yeah, based on how it means, based what on, it means based to his on life. what it means to yeah. his life and everything like that. So I thought that was a really cool. Of course, music plays a huge role in the film because they're dealing with records, and he's a DJ. Plays you know out <clears> and things during the show during the movie, and the yeah, kinky wizards, right? The kinky but, wizards yeah. of the band that he yep. discovers. But what was the name of the record store that he had? Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Something vinyl, something. Yeah. I should know that, yeah, but I can't right. can't remember it. Come on, also, Lena, Lisa Bonet in a very small role, but really nice in that yeah. movie. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones. In a, in Catherine Zeta-Jones, too, yep, is yep. Very, very good at it. And uh, I've never seen the girl that, that was actually like the girlfriend that he was trying to get back uh, in that movie. I've never seen her in anything else other than that movie. Yeah, I looked her up. She's actually a Danish actress right. who's pretty famous over there for um, some, some sitcoms and, and uh dramas and okay. TV TV shows right over on. there. Actually she was going to she was chosen to be in Game of Thrones as one of the Ooh. main elf characters or whatever. I I don't know which one. Right, but, right. Um somebody important in that and she turned it down because she didn't want to be away from home for that long of filming. So understandable. Yeah. That was a little little fact on that. Also Lisa Bonet, I just want to make the point uh, all this like Bill Cosby fallout. I think that's one of the saddest things, other than, of course, the horrible things that he did. Sad thing is that Lisa Bonet's career was kind of ruined by him. I, I agree. He was jealous of her uh, success, you know, on, on the show, a, on, on a the Cosby world. show, and, and, then, and then spun her off in a different world, and then yep. just kind of like shit on her, and she just kind of went away. And I think that she she deserved better. She's a decent actress. She's and, a very decent actress, and her daughter yeah, is uh, talented. Zoe Kravitz is mm -hmm. she, and she's getting the she's getting roles that I think that her mom should have should have had yes. back in the day. So. But Lisa Bonet is not doing too bad right now. She's she's married to Aquaman. Yeah, that's true. They got a couple. She kids seems now. happy, but I always I often wonder she's never come out and said anything about that sort of stuff. Right. But I, I just have this feeling that that impacted her life. I in agree. And in, in her career, Cosby, Cosby she, I think was a was a force to be reckoned with. And like you didn't fuck with that guy. Yeah. And she 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 deserves so much better than that. She's a lot Agreed. of talent. So. But it, like that it. also shows like who she is as a person where, you know, she walked away from a different world after the first season. Yeah. And it was like, fuck. Yeah. No, I don't, I, I don't need do this. this. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to deal with this. So yep. uh, anyway, High Fidelity is an awesome movie to watch. Great and, movie. Uh, cool. Originally, like, Nick Hornby based on British uh British characters. Yeah, it's set in, so. originally it set was in the, the setting was changed to American, and a lot of the the references are changed as right, well. Right. And it, but and I've never it, read the it, book, but I think it works. Uh, I've read parts of the book, yeah. uh, excerpts and it's stuff. But. In the book, the book and the movie have to do with a lot with top five lists, like we're doing on they this do, yeah. uh, on this mm -hmm. this thing. I think top five. I think he's not top ten. I think he's like top five. Top five records was the name of the. Or top ten records was the name of his record label. Oh, was it? And the, maybe it is top ten. Maybe yeah. it's a top ten list. I can't yeah. remember. But anyway, it's got. He makes all these lists throughout the movie and makes yes. really, and you'll learn some things about music when you watch it. Absolutely, yeah. you, you you can't. Uh, you, you really cool things about music, and yeah. also a really great cameo by uh, by the boss. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and also a really cool movie for or a cool role for here. Keep, keep saying cool. I'll just say cool five more times real quick. Cool, yeah. cool. Uh, cool role for uh, oh man, Tim Robbins in in that movie as the, uh, yeah, as the like annoying the, as uh, the hippie, yoga hippie yogi instructor guy yeah, and uh, yeah, the the boyfriend. little aside that like when he walks into the store and they have their little uh, like what would happen if we if we yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't want to ruin it but that's, yeah. that's probably one of the yeah, best scenes in the movie it is it is uh, but definitely check it out for Jack Black and John Cusack before he got super weird yeah <laughs> right. but uh yeah no good good stuff there all right what's your number one number one uh this is a movie that i could watch it, it, it's one of those movies 
if it's on, I'm watching it because it just has that appeal to me. And I love it. It's got one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh, 1996, Little Jim, uh, directed by the first movie directed by, of only two, I believe, uh, Tom Hanks. It's That Thing You Do is, yeah. uh, is my favorite uh, movie about music because it, uh, it came out at a time when, you know, it, it really it came out in 96. I was kind of developing my own musical tastes. But up to that point, all I'd ever had was, you know, Def Leppard with dad and Beach Boys and oldies with mom. Mm-hmm. So I'd listened to a lot of that kind of music from the 60s and stuff that they were playing and a lot of those number one hits and everything. And Tom Hanks, I think, grew up with a lot of that music and a lot of that was near and dear to his heart. And you could tell it was a love letter to all of that kind of music that came out and those one hit wonders and those touring musical circuits that went around the country. And, you know, all they do is just play their play their one song for the the crowds that would come out to the local stadiums or the local right. arenas and they would play their one song and everybody would hear them and then they would just move on to the next town and they would do that for years. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe never have another hit single or if they would, they might, they might break out and become mega stars and tour on their own. Yeah. Uh, but the whole beginning, middle and end of a one hit wonder band and how that all plays out. And the band is called the wonders or, uh, if you're watching the movie in the beginning, the O'Neaters, because <laughs> they were the O O N E ders. So uh, the one wonders, but, uh, they, they kept messing it up and saying O'Neaters and to Tom Hanks came and he's like, screw that. We're, we're the wonders as in one hit wonders. So, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> great roles by, uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, Liv Tyler is, uh, is in it as the girlfriend. Yeah. Um, Steve Zahn is uh, the drummer, or okay. no, no, he's the no, he's not the drummer. He's the he's one. He's the rhythm guitar player, and uh, has has just a really cool, uh, fun vibe to him the whole time. And it's just a fun feel. Once again, I think I think all the like you, you don't want to watch a movie about music and feel bad because music shouldn't make you feel bad. And I feel yeah. that all of these all of these movies I think have a, a common theme where. Uh, music is meant to kind of make you feel better and enjoy and that's what Uplifting. these movies are yeah, yeah. That, and that's what that's what that thing you do does and it's a damn catchy song uh yeah you hear it and even now it's just it's it's a great song an early role for charlie's throne uh one of her i think it was her second role ever yeah. and uh that was i think the first thing i remember seeing her in when i was a young man and she's still good looking woman uh, Charlie Stone could just be like, "Yes, come, 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 do an interview with us. That'd be awesome." Uh, okay. Please, please yeah, you're do. welcome on the show. Please, please welcome Charlie's. Uh, really looking forward to her new movie with uh, Seth Rogen coming out. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that thing you do, my number one pick there, uh, Tom Hanks. Great movie. Good pick. I didn't even think of that movie, um, but it is a really good pick. It's and a lot of people. High, I, I don't hold that movie in high regard because I it's been so long since I've seen it and it didn't knock my socks off when I saw it. Right. But enough people that I respect love that movie and quote it and reference it a lot that I'm like, yeah, this, this is a decent. Film. It also happens to have probably the coolest in band fake band in a movie. Yeah. Which, uh, they, they filmed they filmed a, a, a 1960s beach party movie as okay. like they, they the band themselves in the movie starred as a in fake a, band in a, in a fake okay. movie that was like a beach party 60s movie and their name in the their name in the movie was Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters <laughs> and 
I I've always wanted to have that as a trivia team name. If yeah. I play trivia, like I That's always a want good to, name. I, yeah. I want that. I want that to be my team name one night if I'm playing trivia. Captain Geach and the Shroom Shack Shooters. Well, the next time we play trivia together, which never happens, but uh, we but will, we should. That that should be our trivia. Yeah, team that'll name. be our trivia team name. <clears throat> it is agreed. All right, my number one uh, is a 2002 film. Surprise, surprise, early 2000s. <laughs> um, it's by Michael Winterbottom, and it is called 24 Hour Party People. Never seen it. Never seen it. Never seen it. Um, it's uh, so it tells a story of Tony Wilson, who is this enigmatic. Uh, it's based on a true story, or producer it? promoter. Uh, it's based on a true story. Okay, uh, it's set in the UK. It's set in Manchester, okay. UK, and it chronicles this this scene that was called the Ma- Madchester uh, rave scene. Mad Madchester. Okay. okay, and it was all these bands that were um, loosely electronic connected okay. you know, bands um famously it, it starts off telling of the story of joy division oh wow and it, because they were they were from there and okay. tony wilson like becomes involved with them shout out to the joy division movie control yes great movie also the very sad one though very, very yeah, <laughs> yeah very, very sad, sad. Yeah, yeah don't watch that one if you're down because no, 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 it's very no. sad it's really good though. it almost made my list too yeah. i could have put yep. it down as honorable yep. mention but um it tells a little bit of the joy division story and then it transitions into joy division becomes this band called new order okay I mean, if you've ever heard of them before mm-hmm. yep. but new order was very influential in early electronic music yes um, as we know it now that became, it was the one of the guys from joy division right it was everybody from joy division just Except without the lead singer so after yeah. uh, ian curtis killed ian himself curtis, they, beca- yeah. they didn't want to be joy division anymore right, they right. became new order and they started doing a lot more electronic music yes. so they they kind of take the the story is about them early in the film and then later on it goes on to tell the story of factory records uh which was this famous record label that okay. um, put out all these famous Manchester groups, electronic groups, and was very influential on, you know, DJ culture and rave culture at the time. And also the Hacienda Dance Club, which the Hacienda is like the, it was like the mecca of, you know, house music club where you So is that, like, you know way more about that kind of music scene than I do being a DJ. Yeah. Uh, Is that, is that in the eighties? Is that when that started? Was kind of that kind of like house music? More so than just like nightclub discotheques and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, house music started like I think in Chicago originally, okay. but there's this also sort of side thing going on in the UK at the same time as okay. it's arising here and influencing each other and stuff right. like that. Right. But these groups like Joy Division influenced that, and also Paul Oakenfold became involved in some of that. Have you ever heard of Paul Oakenfold before? No. He's a famous DJ that okay. has produced some stuff you've heard before. Anyway, uh, I learned more about this scene. I was a New, a New Order fan. As a kid, right. like as a high school kid, right, right. I loved New Order, and because um, I, I, I remember, like Joy Division uh, was one of the first albums that it, like their first album was one of the first ones that was recommended to me, yeah, by one of my early high school friends, and Unknown Pleasures, I think, is the yes, name of that album. and yeah. uh, that that was one of those uh, where I was like, oh yeah, I dig it, and so I've always been, I've been a big Joy Division fan, and New Order not as much, but just that's just musical stylings. Uh, but yeah. I, I had known that New Order came out of Joy Division. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of like the rise of house music, so is this what this movie is dealing about? Is just yeah. Like the kind it of the rise it of really that? tells the story of Tony Wilson, who's this central character in all this. He's a uh, part flimflam artist and part okay. visionary um, who truly by? believes in the art. He's played by Steve Coogan. You know who Steve oh, Coogan. Yeah. Is? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Steve Coogan and. It, if you like Steve Coogan, it's a fantastic role for Steve Coogan. Hamlet too. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love Steve Coogan. Um, he he 
he uh, the the movie breaks the fourth wall a lot. He talks okay. to the audience, and he also it also plays with the, the facts because it'll be like. This didn't actually happen, but we put this in the film because right. it makes more sense right, for right, you watching right, right. it. Or actually, here's the surprise thing that you didn't know about that I did, but we're not going to talk about it because it doesn't matter the story. Okay. It brings up a lot of things like that. It's really playful in that way. Okay. But it tells this rise of this. Also, like the ultimate payoff is that it tells the rise of this band called the Happy Mondays. Okay. Who were this huge sensation in the UK and they never really made it big in the US, but right. it was a big I, deal never in heard the UK. Um, you've heard of you've heard of their music I guarantee you but right. you just don't know that you have okay um, and I didn't know much about them before I watched it and mm -hmm. after it now I'm a huge Happy Mondays fan um, I take and, it they are no longer a band uh, they actually are back together but they broke up famously like there was a lot of drugs involved and like Sean Ryder's this cra they had this crazy front man and they have this guy in the band that does nothing but dance and shake the maracas he's so like uh, Mighty Mighty Boston's yes he would be the, 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 the precursor to the guy from the or Mighty the Mighty one guy Boston's. from 311 yeah exactly um, named Bez and it's well casted uh, those guys all look exactly like the people that they're playing okay. and they do a good job also Patty Constantine Constantine Considine, Con Considine, I think, yeah. Patty yeah, I Considine I is about. in it, uh, which you might not know his name, but you've seen him in things. Yeah, before. He's, he's always that weird-looking English dude. Yeah, he plays a really good. He plays the snarky manager of New Order. That and totally makes sense. Yeah, he's it's fantastic. It's just a cool movie, and it has a lot of great music in it that you probably have never been exposed to before. And you know the scenes with the hacienda were amazing because they actually recreated the hacienda wound up getting torn down, like shut right. down and torn down because Factory Records had all these financial problems. And um, but it it showed, it's a snapshot of what it was like to be at that club at that time. Okay. And all the crazy shit that happened there because drugs were running through it and everybody was you know it was it was the rise of ecstasy. Like I felt like that was what uh, did you ever watch vinyl on HBO? I didn't. Okay. I felt like that's what vinyl was trying to do. Okay. Was trying to capture that moment in time of like that snapshot. The, the, of that, that snapshot yeah. of like the changing musical the like the changing music scene in New York. Yeah. Where like uh like because the opening scene of that of that show is is uh, Bobby Cannavale is mm -hmm. uh, watching the New York Dolls for the first time. Yeah. And just like, what the hell is like a dick punch, you know, where it's just yeah. like, who, what is this music all about? And uh, him trying to kind of capture that essence of like the changing from the 70s and moving into the 80s and stuff with that new wave and everything. And uh, which kind of building to a lot of the stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. And it, uh, it just did not deliver very well. On yeah. That. I wanted to watch that and it wound up getting canceled and I was like, uh, I'll just, I'll yeah. watch it at some point. Yeah. Time, yeah. But it, it, you're not, not missing much. You're yeah. not missing much, but I feel like that first episode. Yeah. Uh, trans and I, I watched, I think, I think they did like eight episodes. I think I watched six or seven of them, but uh, definitely capturing that kind of moment in time of that changing scene in music. And I thought that, I thought that was really, cool. yeah. There's also a movie about uh CBGBs that came out a couple years ago. Yeah. You, you know what movie I, I'm talking I, about? I don't know, but I, I remember that being a thing, but I don't know the name. It's not a very movie. good movie, but it is the same sort of thing. It kind of right. shows this, like this moment in time and this, the influence of all these people. And yeah, and yeah, that's one of those things I think I'll regret never being, which I've heard CBGBs was just like a whole, it, right, it, yeah. I've heard it was just like a, a pit. Yeah, uh, but still one of those things that I think would have been really cool to, uh, to, to go to in, in its prime yeah. right, to experience yeah. that. Um, also, Michael Winterbottom, Winter, ah, Michael Winterbottom, did a movie series called The Trip that is on Netflix and is fantastic. It's The Trip, and they did The Trip to Spain and The Trip to Italy. I think they've done. Okay, they may have done four of them by now. But anyway, it's Steve Coogan. 
and uh, this other famous co- comedian that I can't remember his name right now, but uh, they they are they play fictionalized versions of themselves, okay. and they're hired to go uh, on this road trip to go do these uh, reviews of restaurants. Okay. Like these sort of snarky reviews of restaurants as comedians. Right. And it's just them in the car and them eating food and them like riffing with each other. It's a lot of uh, improvisation and them just talking to each other. And that's a really cool movie too. And So are they movies or are they like shorts? I think they originally were made for the BBC maybe. I think they originally released on the BBC channels. Right. But they're they're full full length. They're like an hour and a half each. Okay, right Easy on. watch. Yeah. Like entertaining. Not much movie to them. Not much plot. Just, right. just people talking just to riffing. each other. And uh, yeah. And yet you hate clerks. Yeah. There's no dick jokes in it. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, Steve Coogan is fantastic in 24 Hour Party People, and he's just a great actor. And you should check it out. I've done no justice explaining it here, but it is it's a cool movie and it has a cool style to it that reflects the psychedelic sort of feel of that in researching our list for today our recording for our podcast today that that movie kept popping up on all the Did stuff it? that okay. i was looking at and i was i was like oh yeah i've I, i've i've heard about it but i've never seen it so that's definitely one that i definitely want to check out yeah that's one i challenge you to watch i can't believe it came out that long ago because it feels like it you just said came 2002 out but yeah 2002 Man, that's almost um it's almost 20 years ago yeah oh my god it's crazy it, it Happens all the time. High fidelity. Uh, it's like you know, ten years ago was still the nineties. Yeah, for me. golly, yeah, you know, that like, that movie's still fresh in my brain. That I've never seen that in the theater. So. Mm. Nope. Um, yeah, just a couple other ones real quick that I just wanted to give some love to. Uh, not necessarily honorable mention, but just cool movies about music. If uh, if you haven't seen them, uh, Whiplash was really good. Right. Um, just kind of the whole study of music. Uh, even though I'm not a big Miles Teller fan, that one uh, showed up on a lot of lists. Yeah. Too. Uh, Inside Lewin Davis, uh, Coen Brothers joint. Uh, there, which uh, is fantastic. Yeah, um, one of the few Coen Brothers movies I haven't seen. Okay, that right. and the what's the Roman one that or Caesar? Hail, Hail Hail Caesar. Caesar. I haven't seen that either. I would watch Inside Lewin Davis if I if I had a choice between the two the of them. Two, I would watch Inside Lewin Davis. Um, Oscar Isaac, fantastic in that. Uh, also, gotta give love to some comedic greats with uh, Blues Brothers and Spinal Tap. Uh, yeah, Blues Brothers showed up on a lot of lists. Yeah, and I do. Lo- I do like. I, I do Brothers. enjoy Blues Brothers. I'm not a diehard fan. No, to the degree but, some people are. But, but it is. It is a. It is a classic. Yeah. So you got to. You got to give love where it's due. Yeah. Have you ever listened to that podcast? Uh, How did this get made? No. It's uh, Paul Shear and a bunch of other comedians. Right. Um, and is uh, that one of them? Jason yeah. Manzukis. Oh no, wow. They, they uh, so they they <laughs> talk about bad movies. Okay. And they talk about the. Production of them and how they got made. Right. Uh, that's how did this get made? And they talk shit about them and whatever. Right. But one of the ones they did fairly recently was the Blues Brothers 2000. Oh yeah. And oh, uh, yeah. how did that get made? Yeah, it was. It's a good episode. You should check the podcast out if you listen to podcasts. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's how did this get made? It's pretty cool. Uh, if nothing else, I'll, I'll listen to Jason Manzuka's uh, riff on. <laughs> he's really funny on he, it too. So. He's, he's funny in anything that I've seen him in. And so. June Diane Rayfield, which is uh, Paul Shear's wife, is on it too. She's, okay. she's really good too. She's on um, that Netflix show, Grace and Frankie, or whatever. I think. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. With um, uh, Lily Tomlin and mm-hmm. Jane Fonda. Yeah. Hanoi Jane. That's right. I watched something with Jane Fonda the other day. I don't remember what it was, but wasn't all that good is there an exercise video (laughs) (laughs) um no it was something the jane fonda workout jane fonda workout tapes on golden pond (laughs) no no uh barefoot in the park that's what it was i watched barefoot with her and robert redford so we're checking out neil uh neil simon uh wrote it so 
Anyway, uh, yeah, those are uh, those are our top five for uh, movies about music. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, Brian, where can they find you at? You guys can find me. Uh, you can check out the podcast. Uh, we are up on Spotify and iTunes now, I believe. Yes. And I think most of your podcast aggregators that have subscriptions that run through iTunes will pick it up at this point. Too, right on. So. Uh, so yeah, check us out on iTunes and Spotify, uh, Tales, Tales from the Orca. Uh, but you can also find me on uh, BFG Wilmington Trivia on Facebook as well as uh, www.nofelix.com about all of my Oscar postings and everything there. So Yeah, and I'm DJT Panda, all one word, DJT Panda. Um, and on just about everything. Eventually, we'll start a Facebook group or something so people can interact with us about this if they yeah, want to. Yeah, so, give us some feedback uh, for sure. If anyone listens. So. <laughs> at least my girlfriend's listened and I, both of us have listened. I have so. a couple people at work that were really interested. I told them that we were starting and they're like, oh my gosh, let me listen to it. And I gave them it. So Did you? Yeah, okay, yeah, do you haven't heard back yet? I have not so. heard back if they've listened or not. But they're like, uh, they were really excited about listening yeah, because good. they're like, well, you talk about movies all the time. Yeah. You should... You should, you should uh, have have a podcast and I was like well, uh, well funny story <laughs> yeah asking you shall receive that's um, right from on high that's right uh, so we'll talk we'll see you soon uh, with another another cool list another, and, uh, uh, another adventure yeah and a lot of ums and some likes <laughs> and uh, as always just remember you're gonna need a bigger boat we're out thanks guys thanks guys